Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left and the woman was still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. John chapter 7, verse 53 through chapter 8, verse 11. The story is a roller coaster of a story, and one of the main reasons that you may not know it's a roller coaster is because we actually don't know if the Apostle John wrote these words. If you have a Bible in front of you or if you look into it, there's going to be a note on this passage somewhere, maybe in the footnote or in the study notes, which says that this story is missing from the earliest manuscripts. Now what that means is, is that as more and more archaeological discoveries get made and as more and more versions of scriptures have been discovered from earlier and earlier times, we discover that the Bible is, first of all, a remarkably well-copied and well-preserved book. As it has been passed down, it has been passed down incredibly faithfully. It is undeniably trustworthy generation by generation by any objective historical standards. But then there are a few examples in scripture, and this story is included there, where a story might not have been written by the original author, but it was inserted later by a later editor. This story first shows up in copies of the Bible from the 5th and 6th century, which for a while were the earliest versions of scripture that we had. But then we found and discovered earlier versions of scripture from the 2nd and 3rd century, and when we found those manuscripts, the story was not in there. So that means somewhere between the 2nd and 3rd century and the 5th and 6th century, someone probably inserted this story into John's gospel, and John probably didn't write these words. What does that mean for us? Nothing necessarily. There's nothing in the story that contradicts the rest of the gospels. The themes and the words of Jesus are certainly very consistent with the teaching and character of Jesus that we see elsewhere. It's possible, it might even be probable, that this event happened exactly as it is written, but John likely wasn't the person who wrote it down as a personal witness. And as the early church was gathering to decide which books should go into the New Testament, which gospels and letters should be included in the canon of scripture, one of their key criteria was that the words had to have been written by an apostle. It had to have been written by one of the ones who personally witnessed the resurrected Lord. So, we can still learn from this story, we can be challenged by it, we can be inspired by it. It is still a great teaching. We probably shouldn't make any major doctrinal or theological decisions based on it by itself, that's all. In this story, as they often did, the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus. 
God's law said very clearly that anyone caught in adultery should be stoned to death. Roman law, however, which was what governed Israel at the time civically, forbid the Jews from executing anyone. They didn't have that authority. Only Rome could execute somebody. So now Jesus must very publicly decide, do I hold on to God's word and advocate her stoning and get in trouble with Rome, or do I advocate not stoning her and demonstrate to all the people that I don't take God's word seriously? But, of course, Jesus will not be trapped. He leans down and writes in the dust. What he wrote, we have no idea, but it's been suggested that he started writing down sins that he knew people in the crowd had committed. We can't know for sure. It's pure conjecture, but it's a fitting idea. It's interesting. Imagine he wrote down your personal sin struggle publicly and then said, anyone who hasn't done this, go right ahead and condemn her for her sin. No one can say that. No one condemns her. Jesus offers this sinful woman his forgiveness. There is no condemnation, but he tells her to leave her life of sin. Her sin still has to go. Grace doesn't just come to forgive us, but to move us past our sin as well. Today, think about where you maybe have thrown a stone at someone else, metaphorically, even in your own sinfulness. Is there anyone maybe who needs an apology? Is there a bridge that needs to be mended? If so, take some time to pray for these people, and why not take a step towards that mending today? Mm-hmm.